Welcome to It's Your Business Leader podcast. It's your business. Lead it. You need to deliver performance to your organization now. To do this, you need to ensure process efficiency, product quality, and employee engagement. What happens when you don't have this? Underperformance. If you're tired of getting excuses and not results, if you're tired of mediocre employees talking to me in game, but not backing it up with action, you're in the right place. My name is Ron Hurst, a leader with over 30 years of real-world operational experience backed by the best of engineering and developmental psychology, and my goal is simple. I want to help you achieve the performance your business is capable of. Hi, everyone, and welcome to It's Your Business Leaded Podcast. You may have noticed there was no cast last week. I want to talk about that for a second. Over the last 10 months, I've had the joy and pleasure of attending a leadership transformational program up in the Pacific Northwest. And this program, I gotta tell you, it was so intense, so incredible that when I got back on the end of last week, I just had this sense that I needed to just integrate and stop and I avoided a whole lot of other things. So if you're looking for a cast and you're disappointed, I sincerely apologize. I needed to take a break and just allow some of the concepts that I learned to just seep into who I am. And I'm in such a different place now. Love to tell you more about that program, but it's a little outside the scope of our podcast. It actually is more about my learning process as I continue to stretch myself. And I think that's important because I often hear about people who want their employees to grow, but they're not growing themselves. And don't get me started on those people that are out there going, I learn something new every day. They're not learning. They're just happening through life. I think learning ought to be intentional, don't you? Well, that's what I'm all about. I want to learn myself in an intentional way, and I want to share with you the relevant pieces that will make you a better leader. That's what this cast is about. So today on the cast, my topic is focus. How do you maintain focus when you're distracted? It just seems like the perfect topic for what I've been trying to do over the last two weeks and integrating some things going on in my life that I'm absolutely ecstatic about and transforming the way I look at the world, the way I look at myself. But we still have to be able to maintain focus. So what do you do in an organizational context to maintain focus? Well, I've got a number of different points that I wanna cover in walking you through this. The first point is to determine what the priorities are. Once you've got that figured out, then we gotta choose priorities and put them in rank order so we know what to be working on when. Then we plan the work. Project management, man, just break it down, do work breakdown structure, you're good. And then then as you're getting ready, the next thing that you got to think about, how do I eliminate distractions? Because every leader in every business I work with, it seems like there's a revolving door instead of a, a closing door in their office. And distractions are a real problem. We need to be able to get our brain into a very specific zone where we can get stuff done. So we'll talk a little bit about how to eliminate distractions. And then finally, what are some steps that you can take to make sure that you're present in what you're doing? You want to be fully present in the moment and doing the right work, focused on the right thing. And we'll we'll dig into that a little bit as well. So back to point number one, determining priorities. 
how can we figure out what our priorities are? Now, it's so funny when I think about this, because as an employee, this was easy. Our supervisor would come up to us and say, do this. And you'd say, how do I do that? And they'd show you, and then you do it. And then they look at you and go, do it again and again. And you find you figure out the pace, and you, and eventually you get good at it. So when you're an hourly employee or even you know a salaried employee, often the job is fairly well prescribed. It's it's not that common that there's a whole lot of high-end abstract thinking and, and complicated problem solving. It's usually fairly straightforward. And the challenge with that mindset is, is that when those people who are so used to being in a, in a predictable, understandable, repetitious, repetitious environment move up into a leadership role, all of a sudden they find themselves uh, missing resources and not knowing how to deal with some of the complexity and the ambiguity of that situation. And you know what? Complexity and ambiguity are, they can be good things. But as a very dear friend of mine says, you got to watch out for the volatility and what was the other one? There's volatility, ambiguity, uncertainty. Uncertainty is another one. So we got to be really careful about this stuff. We don't want to get too carried away. So when we move into leadership, how do we actually learn to set priorities? Well, to determine our priorities, sorry. First thing I want you to think about is your supervisor will have some idea of what they expect you to do. And it's really important and it's a good career retention strategy to do what your boss wants you to do. It doesn't change no matter how high, you, how high you are in the organization. If your boss has certain priorities for you, that's our starting point. Write them down. Now, what if you're in a position and mid-level management where the priorities are a little less clear? Yeah, you've got your KPIs, you know what you're supposed to be doing, but there's more to the job than just hitting the numbers. Yeah, there's more. Okay. So I want you to do a couple of different things. The simplest way to do this is I want you to go back to your position description and read it carefully. Read it carefully and try and figure out what's missing. What's missing in your mind of what you're doing on a regular basis versus what this document's trying to tell you. Now, it's really funny because position descriptions, they seem like static documents. They don't change very much. So you look at it once and you're good, right? Well, not exactly. It's a static document that defines a certain, a certain scope of activity that you are responsible for. And I think it's really important that you look at a position description that way. It defines the minimum expectation. It's a really good way to look at it. What it's not saying is everything that's out of outside the lines of that basic position. I used to love to look for little things that I could do that were on the boundaries of my role that would allow me to transform the performance of my area. So in my priority setting, I used the position description as a boundary condition that gave me the basics, the, the kind of base assumptions that I need to make sure that I'm hitting. So as I read the position description, if I don't see anything in it that's all that exciting, it's all covered by the priorities that I already had from my supervisor, then I go to another place. And what I like to do is a needs assessment. And this is a long, well, it can be long, it can be complicated, but I'm just going to keep it simple right here. I want you to think about it this way. Look at the performance of your area of responsibility. Are you hitting every KPI? Chances are you're not. 
or chances are there's a little bit of variation in one of them. One, one month you hit it, the next month you're a little down, the next month you hit it, the next month you're down, and then you're down again, and then you hit it. Whatever it is, look for volatility or look for underperformance. And then start to ask yourself, what's missing? What is it that's missing? Because I believe that if you want to be an effective leader in an organization, it's not enough to follow the rules. It's not enough to follow what your boss is asking you to do. That is the minimum expectation. What we need to do is look for the opportunities in the needs assessment. Look for the opportunities of where performance isn't where it needs to be. And I have a way where I can figure out what's causing it to not hit the performance and make the, uh, make getting it to the right standard one of my priorities. I think you'll find if you do that, if you do a needs assessment and you evaluate what your supervisor wants, you, you understand your position description, you're going to build a very clear picture of all of the possible priorities that you could focus on in your role. Now, notice I said all of the possible priorities. The second step is to narrow down, down the dang list because you know what? If you've got 17 priorities, you basically have zero priorities. I think you ought to narrow it down. Try and get to a top five list. On any given day, what are the five things that you need to move forward to ensure that your area of responsibility hits the performance targets it needs to hit? And if you can, if you can narrow down those top five and prioritize them in terms of which one's the most important, which is second, third, fourth, and fifth, you'll be well on your way to being able to stay focused in the moment because now, not only do you know what is most important, but you also know what the priorities are in order of importance. So there's another step here though that I highly recommend. And this is one of my favorite influence strategies also. And yeah, I haven't forgotten, we're gonna get back on the influence series at some point later, later this, this year. But here's the thing, I want you to imagine going to your supervisor, you've done the work, you've listened to your supervisor, You've read your position description, you've done your needs assessment, you've identified the opportunities, you've got this, this list, you've narrowed it down to what you think are the top five prioritized needs that you need to be able to focus on. And now you're gonna to go to your supervisor and you're gonna share that list with him or her. What do you think is gonna happen if your list is off from what their, their sense of priority for you is? They're gonna tell you, ah, uh, yeah, number two is not that important. Number five is actually the most important thing. And yeah, number one, we really got to make that happen. So let's reorder the list. Here's your top five. And by the way, here's a sixth one that you really need to add in because I don't see it anywhere. And of course, you can say, oh, well, yeah, I had that at number seven. So I'll move it up. Now I've got a top six list. Is six too many? Um, wrong question. Your boss just gave you clarity on what your top six priorities are. That makes your job simple. So where are we at? We've gone through this process, we've determined our priorities, we've chosen priorities, we've validated it against our supervisor. Wow, this is a really cool place to be. So the influence strategy, I want you to think about something. So imagine at some point in the near future, your supervisor comes to you and says, oh my God, we gotta get this other thing done. We need to, we need to get this done this week. There's, the place is burning, we gotta get it done right now. You can very calmly look at your boss and go, yes, you're right, we do need to get that done. I agree. Notice, yes, and. And the other week when we sat down and determined priorities, that wasn't on the list. 
I'm wondering where it sits in relation to the top six priorities you and I agreed upon. Want to make sure that I don't lose sight of anything that's important. Help me understand. In that moment, what you have just done is you've given your boss a subtle reverse accountability that puts him on notice or her on notice in a way that says, I'm willing to do what you need me to do. And I need you to be clear and not running around like your hair's on fire, moving the priority from minute to minute to minute because I can't operate that way. So what this gets you is the ability for you and your supervisor to be on the same page. If they need to add a new priority, you can move one down. And then when it comes to your review, you're not going to get surprised and blindsided by, well, priority number eight was never addressed in this calendar year, and it's very important, and because you didn't do it, I'm going to have to give you a lower review. And you'll look at them and go, um, we spent some time on this, setting priorities. Number eight was not on the list. I'm happy to make it a priority for next year. I'd like you to reconsider your evaluation. It's a fair and professional place to be. So we've determined priorities. We've chosen priorities. Now we're going to dig in. The next step is what's known as work breakdown structure or project management. So I want you to think about your top priorities and break them down. I think it's really wise to start, uh, let's, let's just keep it short term, start three months out. So that top priority, where do you want to get it to in three months, in 90 days? And then what do you have to have done at the 60-day point in order to achieve the goal at the 90-day point? And what do you have to have done at the 30-day point to make sure that the 60-day point's on track to make sure that at the 90-day goal, you're there? And then what do I have to do today with respect to this priority to make sure that I'm moving it forward toward the 30-day goal? When you, I find that when you break down goals into manageable chunks, and then you put that chunk on your calendar, on your Get it into your calendar so nobody can steal your time. You're well on your way to achieving any goal. The worst possible outcome, and I certainly don't want this for you, is that you set goals in January and then you open up the goal list in November and you realize, oh crap, I completely forgot about goal X, Y, and Z. And now there's not enough time in the year to get it done. And now you're playing old spin doctor and slapping whitewash on a tomb or whatever, pick your metaphor, but chances are you're going to get a mediocre review because you're not managing your priorities. So we need to plan the work. Highly recommend a 90-day sprint, breaking it down by in 30-day increments and then daily increments so you know what to do to move it toward the goal. So we plan the work. The next thing is we've got to find ways to, to be focused on the work in front of us. So we now know what to do we know exactly how we're going to do it because we've broken it down to a level that's highly actionable. Now we got to get rid of the distractions that are going to keep us from getting it done in the moment. And as I mentioned at the outset, that revolving door of your office can be the number one reason that you're not getting anything done. Or another insane interrupter is instant messaging on computers or group chat systems on company intranet. All of those things are instant interruptions that rob you of your focus. 
The simple fact of the matter is, guys, is that many of us have had to learn to switch between activity and activity and activity in order to keep up with the demands of modern life. And unfortunately, every time you switch from your focus from activity A to B to C to C to A to B, that switching function burns energy and it takes away your accuracy because you've got to dive back in and get back to the place you were. So I really want you to think carefully about what are the distractions that are likely to bother you. You block the time in your calendar and you can do 15, 30-minute sprints on most important things, whatever it is. Just block the time out and then find a way to manage the distractions. If you have to silent your cell phone, if you have to call forward your office line to voicemail, if you have to close your door for 15 minutes or Go in a conference room and close the door. Book the conference room for 15 minutes and the door shut and put busy on the door. Or maybe you go to somebody else's office that's not in that day and let them know in advance and say, hey, I'm going to bore your office for this 30-minute block because I really want to get something done so nobody can find you. Just don't go go having a nap while you're in there, all right? That would be bad. Okay, so manage the distractions. It's a really important part of this process. I think you'll find that if you manage the distractions and you're working on the right thing and it's highly actionable, now you're going to get the right work done. Okay, the final point that I want to dig into, be present in the work that you're doing. It's really easy to have your mind focused on something else. Trust me, this is a major challenge for all of us. You're thinking about one thing while you're doing another. I find that there are a couple of specific tools that we need to learn how to use. I've, I've talked to you guys about mindfulness practice where we just sit and take a moment and focus our thoughts on our breath so that we learn to gain control over the those little mischievous thoughts that are jumping around in our head all the time. If you can breathe your way through it and get to a point where you can calm your mind, now when you go into these blocks of time, you're focused. So I really recommend a little bit of mindful breathing to gain mental control. I think for me, that's one of the most powerful things that I do. Another one is maintaining excellent health and wellness and fitness. I find that I'm easily distracted when I haven't gotten enough sleep. I drift off into other subjects or I just can't seem to bring my focus where it needs to be. If I don't eat healthy, same thing, brain fog. It just It's a thing. I mean, it keeps you from being able to do your best mental work. And I find that exercise is brilliant for burning off the excess energy that's keeping us from being able to sit and and sit into a really important topic. So sleeping, working out, eating well, manage stress as well, guys. I mean, all of these things are really key to being able to focus on the right priorities. The, the final point I want to make on this is I really want you to get something about focus because there's, there's this dynamic tension between focus and awareness. The more focused you are, it's entirely possible that you're going to go get into tunnel vision and be so focused on one thing, so closed off from the world around you that somebody could be like right in front of you, snapping their fingers and going, hello, is anybody in there? And you won't even notice because you're so focused. On the other hand, we can be so present in the moment and we don't have any focus. So it's there's a real dynamic tension between these two. I think it's wise to be situationally aware. And when you know you're going to have to go into a period of deep focus, close yourself off. Find that 
that conference room or that office that will allow you the time you need free of distractions. But all of the other activities that you do when other people are involved, recognize that the standard is not so much intense focus as it is being present to the moment, seeing who's in the room, reading their facial expressions, their tone, their body language, and beginning to understand what's going on all around you so that you can be responsive and focused. It's a different kind of focus when you're dealing with people, but I think it's really important to just practice that. And that takes us to our who does what by when. And I have a a simple little exercise I want to challenge you with. I want you to find something in this, this cast that really resonates and then block out a 15 minute time frame, shut down all the technology so you can't get interrupted, emails, text messaging, social media, all of it. Just shut it all down, find a room, close the door, focus on the project or the activity for the 15 minute time frame that you set aside and see if you can master a 15 minute time frame. Because if you can do 15, you can do 30. You can do 30, you can get anything done. All right. So that's it for this cast. We'll see you on the next one. All right, guys, take care. All right, everyone. Now you have your action items. I'm excited to hear from you on how what you learned today works for you. Be sure to connect with me at www.developingleadersinc.com and brief us on how the action items work for you. If you need immediate support, schedule a strategy call with me and let's build a plan together on how to get you the results you need. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next episode, get out there and lead your business.